Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, here we go. Drop the subject with Ali, and very excited to be joined again by Shar Jassel. Welcome back to the show, Shar. Good morning, morning, morning. Thank you for having me, Ali. Yes, how are you? I'm great. Good. Refreshed, despite、yeah. the night I had. I had a good night, but oh, did you have a did you have a bit of a night? I did. I went to an event for a Tinder. And you went to a Tinder event. I did. I did. I did not meet a man though. There were a lot of couples there. Is it just everyone having coffee like for five、oh, minutes no, at this, a time? Oh no, this was jumping. This was like <laughs> the club. So this this guy named Director X he premiered his movie. I think it's I think the hashtag we were we were using was Black Love Is, and it's like a a short and it's kind of like dramatic, no、uh, music bed, and people just kind of sharing their testimonials、oh. as to how they found love. And it was very intersectional. There was a trans man featured, and there were. Other queer folks,、uh, but it was literally it was like a photo booth. People could get their makeup done. If you know me, you know I was there for the small bites, not the open bar. So I was shoveling food in my mouth. Yeah, I mean small bites. I've talked to Jarrett too about how yeah, much you and both, Char love、yes. a, love a small bite. Well, a small bite is is. Quite literally, the S. I mean, it's it、yeah. makes a party. It really does. I was talking yesterday about the beauty of a meat and cheese plate. Oh yes. I mean that that will make any party or gathering、mm-hmm. successful. And if you've just got we and I just went to my sister's engagement party this past weekend, and、mm-hmm. it was just a steady flow of small bites.、Yeah. I mean, you had the meat and cheese, and then they brought out some kind of fried balls of some kind with、yeah. risotto in it, and then they had like a random chicken wing. I mean, it was like as soon as you were like,、oh, okay, I'm done with this, something. New would appear. That's that is my favorite. But the the event, like I said, the event was nice. They had hair and makeup, a little photo booth, small bites, drinks. The DJ, it was、uh, DJ Brian Henry. If you if you go to parties in LA, you're probably familiar with his work.、Mm. Uh, It was just great. It was a cute event, but you know, I, I started、so、feeling it today.、Again. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a few too many champagne, but I'm okay. Champagne's tough because it, champagne. You can I, never gauge it. No, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I can only do a couple glasses of that. But especially if it's a mimosa situation, you don't really know how much you're ingesting, and、yeah. you just keep going. Yes, another mimosa, sure. And it's、yeah. so much sugar that it gets to your head, and then the next day, champagne hangovers are one of the worst. I think champagne and the bubbles and whiskey. Whiskey are two of the worst hangovers,、mm. and I think that I, as I've gotten older, I haven't been able to to hang with the hangovers as I used to. Yeah,、um, but because I, I had a bad one on Sunday, and it was like an all day. Like it's been a while since I've had pretty much an all day hangover. Did you get some like Pedialyte and an aspirin? You no, know, because I was around my parents, and I felt weird just being like, "I need Pedialyte popsicles. <laughs> I'm hungover at 35." I feel like they're、yeah. like, "Okay, come on, you need get, you can't." I don't know. You gotta have. I just felt a little embarrassed, being like, "Get me Pedialyte," and we went straight to the airport. So once we got to the airport, it was Sprite and、yeah. Gatorade, and then we had some soup, and that was about all we could handle for the flight. Yeah.、Um, but you are you saying that you had a period where you were not drinking before that? Yeah. So I stopped drinking on January fifth, and it was just it wasn't in like a dry January. It wasn't one of those type of cliche things. Um, and it didn't have an expiration date. I was just like, whenever.、Mm-hmm. And then just last week, I, I I started drinking again. But I think I'm going to do it in moderation. In that I'm not going to have alcohol, wine, or alcohol in my actual.
actual apartment. See, It'll only be when I go out and like socially. That's a good rule to have. And I, I think I've heard people have certain rules like, oh, I only drink in the house if I have company over or yeah. I only drink on the weekends or whatever. And we, we set some of those rules until we break them. Because um, you so. know it can get dangerous when you got a wine rack in your house. It, I got a wine rack and in my house. in the freezer or whatever. It can get, it can get Ugh, so dangerous. And then when you see a deal... When you go to like a grocery <laughs> store and they've got six bottles for 10% off, what am I supposed yes. to do with that? <laughs> All right, speaking of relationships, I've got a I'm on a new romance app, a, a couples app, and uh, it's called Love Nudge. I'm, I've got a bone to pick with AJ Gibson because he told me to download this app and I did it and last night didn't go well. We'll get to that when I get back. Uh- Drop the subject. <clears throat> new channel Q. <clears throat> Drop the subject. Allie and Char Jacell hanging with you all show long. And uh, later in the show, we're going to get to a real estate. Ooh, I found a doozy. And uh, we're going to have a discussion about cleaning your plate and cleaning up after yourself at a restaurant. There's etiquette around it, and a family is being shamed for the mess that they left at a table at a local restaurant. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Tyra Banks' new Model Land theme park. Um, but first, I had a question for you, Shar. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your love language? Do you know your love language? Yes, I think my love language, my top two, if I remember correctly, are quality time and acts of service. Oh, okay. Acts of service is a big one. I I actually took AJ Gibson's advice, mm-hmm. which he gave me yesterday. We were doing crosstalk, and then on the way out, he, he mentioned that he had gotten home to his boyfriend and and that they ended up watching a TV show and kind of cuddling together because his one of the the, the boyfriend's love tank was low and I was like is that some kind of a code word I okay. don't understand what you're talking about <laughs> and he was like no some we type have of innuendo right I was like okay love tank see ya and then he uh, he suggested this app for couples called love nudge and basically you uh, download the app. You fill out a questionnaire on your love language, and so does your partner. And then you have a love tank that you fill with all of the different things, like saying "I love you" is you know an affirmation, or folding the laundry is an act of service. And so I'm gonna I'll show you, Char. I've got my little wheel here. It and- looks like the uh, physical. You remember the game in the '90s, the Simon Says game. Yes, it does. It, it looks, looks like Simon. Like so it. it has a little wheel with different colors on it. Yeah. And blue is the biggest color on my wheel because that's my acts of service and that's my biggest love language. So uh, it says, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on the acts of service person will speak volumes. But there's all kinds of different things. There's physical touch. There's quality time, as you said, Char. There's words of affirmation and then receiving gifts. So Katie filled out hers. I filled out mine. And we decided to connect on Love Nudge. Now, the problem is that because we're so damn competitive, I don't necessarily think that this is making us closer. I think it's just making us do things like we. you can literally tap on a, a, uh, an icon that says say I love you I can tap on it and then the button lights up I'll press it again 
So I can literally just say, like I, so I can text noise. her and be like, love you, and then and then press the tapped yes. button and then fill my love tank without really meaning it and just being like, okay, I did it. So my issue with this is that it, it, it conflates to the how sometimes relationships, interpersonal romantic relationships can come off performative after a while. You know, we see this on Instagram where we all know that one couple who's like, girl, but on Instagram, they're like, couple goals type right, thing. Right, exactly. Um, and it just goes on. It just reiterates the notion that there is literally an app for everything. You know, earlier this week, I saw that uh, Channing Tatum and his ex-wife, Jenna Dewan, well, no longer Tatum, I almost said Jenna Dewan Tatum, they are co-parenting through an app so that they don't have to communicate with each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... Well, then that's great, though. It's like a scheduling. It? Like, their child is six years old, and it's like a... And they're both in new relationships. I want to even say new marriages. Like, I think Jenna just had a baby with her new man. Um, but yeah, there's a there's literally an app for everything. So there's an app to make me closer to my partner when literally we were sitting next to each other, both staring at our phones, figuring out ways. And then you can you this can is like Black Mirror. This, it is. This, is. this is where we're headed. I can schedule different things to do, like play footsie. I have uh, scheduled that for once a week. Child. I have done play a board game once a week. Thank her for working hard, and then. We decided on doing acts of service for each other last night. I ended up spending 45 minutes folding laundry. I don't know how much. I mean, you have to get it done. I mean, so. <laughs> you have to, that's her act of service for me. So confusing. Were you at least watching something good on television? I, I was listening to something good. I was listening okay. to a good podcast. See, that matters because uh, it's yeah. like, you know. Yeah, because if I'm going to do an act of service, i got to get entertained while I do it. Yes. Uh, all right, clean plate shaming. We'll talk about that next on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. That's correct. Drop the Subject. If you want to follow us at DTS Show. Please do on Twitter and on Instagram at DTS Show. We've also got open phone lines. Char and I are here for you all show long. 833-77-CALL-Q. If you want advice, if you have any questions, if you want to just do a random ask me anything, we can we can get crazy today. Absolutely. 833-77-CALL-Q. Now, Char. Allie. How clean do you leave a restaurant booth after you get up from it? I, I know this is a topic of debate. A family is being majorly shamed right now for the way they left the booth in which they were sitting at a restaurant in the UK. When I leave a restaurant or when I'm finished eating, I usually gather up plates in a certain area for the waiter or waitress to pick up because I used to be you know, one of those people that had to pick up the plates. But where do you fall on this? What do you do when you're done eating? So when I'm done eating, I I do uh, keep things, try to keep things in an orderly fashion. I don't leave a mess. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people who sits down at a restaurant and becomes a complete and total pig yeah. of the area. I just, I always try to be cognizant of not only the people that are going to have to sit here after me, but also the, the servers and the bus, the bus boys and bus girls and, and yeah. bus persons. Do you, have you ever worked have, in the... I've never worked okay. in the food uh, capacity. My work history prior to broadcast was all cosmetics counter, honey. Oh. Sephora and Macy's. I bet you were a good saleswoman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. I, so I used to have to pick up all these plates and stuff, and I would never mind it that much. There were times where I was catering, and people would uh, try and clean up after themselves and bring their glass to me mm. or bring it to the certain, you know, uh, uh, wait staff people and I was like you don't have to do that like it's my job to clean up 
you know, as the I night saw, goes on. When I was in Burbank yesterday, I did swing by a Wendy's. I had a, I had a hankering for some spicy nuggets. <laughs> so I, Who doesn't? I, uh, I ate at Wendy's, like inside the Wendy's in Burbank. And when I was waiting on my food, you know how you have to wait for your uh, ticket to be called. This guy walked up with all of the brown trays and he was like, I collected the trays for you all and, yeah, see, and brought them up here. And that, I was like, oh. That's a lot, though. I would right. I wouldn't. Do I that. wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That's a little bit where you're like. I mean, I would be bored at work sometimes and be like, just let me do it. I yeah. I really am I so get bored from behind this counter. <laughs> I just want to walk around. But this family is being shamed bad on Facebook right now. Uh, a restaurant called uh, it, it, actually I don't know the exact name of the restaurant but it was in a, a town called Clochester in the UK and they posted a picture of how the table was left at the end of this person's shift and there, it's a picture of a complete mess. I mean, there's pieces of lettuce, there's wrappers all over the ground, there's receipts, there's used snotty napkins. I mean, it's just a complete they disaster. They deserve to have their uh, restaurant privileges revoked. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I will clean up plates a little bit and stack them on on uh, you know on top of each other so that it's easier to take them away. My stepmom will. I'll also wipe down the table, which I think goes a little too far, but those are her motherly instincts. But this family, I there are some people backing them up, but here's the caption. I don't care who you are, how often you get to go out to eat, how many kids you've got, or how bad your day has been. It is not okay to go out to dinner and walk away from your table, leaving it in a state like this for somebody else to clean up. This is what happened in Harvester. Okay, so Harvester's the restaurant uh, in Clochester tonight. The poor young girl left with this disgusting mess did not know where to start. So people and parents are saying this is disgusting. It doesn't matter who you are or where you go out. You can't leave a restaurant like this. Also, really quickly, I went to a restaurant in West Hollywood and there was an actress in there with her family and she ordered it was like one of everything off the menu. Now, they didn't leave that much of a mess but they picked over the food and left. So the poor waitress came back. I mean, they paid for it but it was like you know, you order a, a platter of vegan meatballs and they had like two of them and it's 12 sitting there. So what then so in turn, what, are what you do you supposed do? supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. Because you want to either take it home with you or you wanted to give it to I the was, homeless or something. I was so surprised she didn't get it to go. But, but then they, they say that's against the law. Oh, my goodness. It's so frustrating. Yeah. So eat your damn rice balls, everyone. That's what we're saying. <laughs> we'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Char Giselle, guest hosting with me today. I was going through your Twitter, Char, at mm-hmm. Char Says So. Please mm-hmm. give her a follow if you haven't already. Thank you. Yeah. I saw... Uh, a link to this article about 50 Cent and some of the things that he was saying about Dwayne Wade's daughter and I believe you said it was despicable or something I called him a deplorable a deplorable (laughs) I knew it was a D word and uh, so I thought we'd cover this and also some some words that Cardi B has just spoken in defense of Dwayne Wade's daughter Uh, in case you haven't been following Dwayne Wade's daughter has come out as transgender her name is Zaya she's friggin' adorable, Um, but that's besides the point. 50 Cent put out an image on his Instagram a couple of days ago uh, with a picture of... It was R. Kelly and Dwayne Waite sitting. It seemed like they were uh, at a fashion show, maybe, like front row of a fashion show, and he created a meme, or he passed on a meme. I'm sure he wasn't the the, uh, originator of this despicable content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a, a little speech bubble above R. Kelly's head saying, heard you got a daughter now. 
and then Dwayne Wade saying, "You touch her and I'll kill you." So there's a lot of problems with that.、Um, don't know if we should be making R. Kelly jokes anymore, anyway.、Um, but also just completely. And then he he put it on on his Instagram and said, "Now this is some funny s." And so obviously a lot of people have been commenting. Okay, you need to delete this. This is not funny.、Uh, you're too old to be doing this I mean, stuff. I mean, he is, and、yeah. the fact that he keeps giving getting platforms and no one's like holding him accountable. Like I know ABC just inked a deal with him. He has a, a show on ABC that he's、um, executively producing. That's out. It it it, it premiered already to critical acclaim. Um, um, I, I think it's called For Life, if I'm not mistaken.、Okay. But he was on the View last week and everything, and I'm like, ew, he's on these platforms, and he has not atoned for the horrible things that he said. And no one, it seems like during this press tour, no one has kind of poked the bear. That's why it's like everyone's turning, turning, you know, Aside, yeah, they're just turning a blind yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, turning a blind eye and staying focused on the show. Well, and it's even. Even if you give somebody the be- try and try to give somebody the benefit of the doubt to make a bad joke like that, don't put it on your Instagram. Like that's also you should have kept that in the group chat if、right. you thought it were funny. If you thought it was funny, yeah, keep that s to yourself. Yeah, and then we move on to Cardi B, who did say some some things in Dwayne Wade's defense and in his daughter's defense, and I think it's important for somebody like her to speak up as as non eloquent as she is. This、yeah. is what she said. And everything. Let's not forget that this is a kid. Let's not forget that this kid is could be very, very sensitive. So that's one. And let me tell you something, right? I feel like people, like people, be people are saying that this kid is too young to transition. But it's like, how how old is too young? If you are born thinking that you are a a A girl in a boy's body. How old do you have to be to 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 keep knowing that you that that that's who you that you are? So, what do you think of this, Char? Because she, well, she, yeah, I think you- that Cardi broke it down like only Cardi can. <laughs> you know, some of her language didn't align with me, but you know what? There's an audience for everything, and I do have to applaud her because Cardi has had her own problematic history back in the day. Keep in、yeah. mind, Cardi's only like 27, but she had said some transphobic things back in the day. Um, I think it should also be noted that two key members of Cardi's glam squad are trans women.、Uh, Tokyo Styles is her key hairdresser, and then Erica LaPerle is her key makeup artist. So I feel like there might have been some kitchen table talk amongst her team. Right, where she... they're like, "Okay, Cardi, let's sit down and, and have this discussion." Well, well, yeah, but I feel like that that led to her being more empathetic because she, like I said, she has a tone. That that is the thing. So、mm. Cardi had had said some transphobic things in the past. She has publicly apologized years ago. Mm. But I feel like you know when you're around people in your team and, and these discussions arise, that might have inspired her to take to her social media and go live about it because she does have a point. I found it interesting that everybody was bullying, and I said this last week when I was on an- another show. Everyone was bullying Zaya Wade, and then when we had the uh, the uh, Australian case come out with the little nine-year-old who was oh right, and right now right. everybody has these anti-bullying talking points and、right. all of this compassion right, when people right, are right. just dra- dragging Zaya through the mud and I feel like w- when people do critique and criticize we do need to keep in mind that Zaya is still a child and still twelve years old and I'm sure she's getting it from her peers she does not need it from her elders no you're right and somebody who's growing up in the limelight like that yeah I mean it's hard enough you know obviously I better than I do but it, the amount of bravery that it takes to Harness your identity, and then to do that under a microscope 
and be online bullied and I'm sure bullied in person in every which way. Like, she has a supportive system around her. I mean, and she can thank tune God us, she does. She can tune us out from the mansion on top yeah. of the hill. <laughs> That's the difference, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, getting into a subject now that a lot of people want to drop, and that is how expensive it is to live. <laughs> um, you know, the struggle's real, Char. Seems like as soon as I open my eyes and and stretch in the morning, I owe someone somewhere about $150. (laughs) Just for waking up. Just for opening your eyes. You're you're absolutely right. It is tough. We just got our, hey, it's time to renew your lease. And we're like, awesome. Oh, God, this is so much more expensive than what we were already paying, which was already more expensive than what we paid last year. This is insane. And then you think to yourself... Do I want to pack up all my crap and spend money to move to a different apartment that I probably could get for cheaper? No, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to suck it up and pay the other X amount of dollars per month. How long have you been in your current space? Uh, We've been there. This will be our third year. Okay. Same for me in my apartment. Uh huh. Yeah. They've only went up on my rent one time, though. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> then you hear those unicorn stories about, oh, my friend owns a home and she's going to let me live there for $600 a month. And you're like, wow, that's really nice for you. Or, that's awesome. Or those unicorn stories where I've been living in this uh, apartment for eight years and they've, rent only, controlled. and they've only went up on my rent or rent control or they've only went up twice. Yeah. By like 2%. I only had one. <laughs> experience like that when I lived in Brooklyn I had I lived in the Jamaican district it was awesome I live was one of my favorite places and the guy never increased the rent like it was 1200 bucks a month for a two-bedroom what spacious driveway super nice family they lived upstairs and he had two daughters and the only reason that I found out about it was because a college Made of mine was moving yeah, out, yeah. and so I took her spot because she Why was like, "I don't want to." <laughs> I don't know, Char. <laughs> Let it. Let's get into the game. This I'm is really have to make a, a life out of that. I know. <laughs> this is a this is a moment where we kind of get to poke fun and laugh at the real estate markets. Pretty much impossible to own or rent anything that is halfway decent these days. So I'm going to give you a real real estate listing currently on the market. And then I will give you something else you could have bought with that money. You guess which one costs more. You ready to play? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to head over to New York City. All right. This is Manhattan. It's not Brooklyn. So it's going to be a little more expensive. And it's a spacious... Picture a beautiful brownstone house right now, Char. It's got a nice, you know, little stoop. You got a little chair sitting Mm -hmm. there. You're just kind of relaxing, soaking up the sun. Then you look to your left and you see a really crappy garage basement. That's where this real estate listing is. Okay. It's a cleared out basement. All right. I'm going to show you a little picture. This is on the market right now. And I'm going to take away the price so you don't see that. But basically, it looks like someone had a garage. It does not even fit a car. That's how small the parking garage yeah, is. Yeah, it looks trifling. And it looks, yes, it doesn't say trifling here, but <laughs> I would definitely agree with you. And it's an empty 
a small parking garage. Maybe you could fit a Fiat in here. I'm not really sure. A smart car, but there there is a little bit of furniture. The problem is that the furniture is broken and strewn about the garage because somebody. It looks like they just up and left. There's an extension cord, one of which is hanging from the ceiling. There's a, an empty plastic bag. There's an empty Tupperware. There is a there is a, a chest of drawers, but. The drawers are strewn, like I said, about about the garage. Uh, so it says here, uh, sure, you could buy another used car every month, but why do that when, for the same price, you can live in this vast open space? It comes complete with a garage lamp and complimentary extension cord and an elevated platform for our shared water heater. Ooh, I don't see where you would use the bathroom or cook, or there's no closet space. You would have to get your own bed, obviously. This is common in New York, though. I've seen a lot of places that is like, oh, no bathroom sink, no kitchen, no toilet, no shower. It's just it's literally like, a, a space to sleep. In the heart of Soho, like type thing, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so that's your real estate listing. Okay. And that would be for uh, one year living in this place, okay? Okay. Or you could have the world's most expensive sheepdog. It's a border collie from Northumberland, and it has become the world's most expensive sheepdog after being sold to an American ranch owner. It's two and a half years old. Her name is Megan. I'll show you a little picture. Look how excited she looks. She's, oh, she's such a good cute. little dog, isn't she's she? Cute. Uh, so this uh, this Megan, she will go from she she's a sheep herding dog, and she's going to move from north the northeast of England to round up Wagyu cattle in Oklahoma. And she's apparently so good at her job, and she is the offspring of several top-performing trial dogs and has a, quote, impressive bloodline, according to her current owner. And um, and the current owner trains up to 20 working dogs at a time. So this is the full package, cream of the crop. She's talented. She's got all the best blood, and she's an unusual dog to come onto the market. She was a very hot ticket. But the question is, which one costs more? A year in this apartment. I can't even call it an apartment. Or Megan, the world's most expensive sheepdog. I'm gonna go with Megan. I think <laughs> I think Megan costs more. She seems like she's more valuable. Okay. Honestly. I mean, I would agree with you that she's more valuable. The answer is this dog, Megan, sold at auction for nineteen thousand five hundred and seventy-four dollars. It was 18,000 euros, and that is the American conversion. What? The rent in this basement with a bookcase broken, it's strewn about it, with no water supply and no plumbing, is going for $3,600 a month. And one year of that will run you $43,200. So the room, I lost. You lost. Okay. You could buy at least, I think you could buy two and a half Megans. You could buy two Megans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two, two and a half Megans. Now on CBS. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Shar Giselle guest hosting today. We're here all show long. You can always interact with us on the phones at 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-77-CALL-Q. All right, 
let's get into some of the things that Bernie Sanders has been saying because he's obviously the front runner in the primaries right now. Of course, Super Tuesday is coming up soon. But, you know, South Carolina, there's a debate tonight and everyone is going to be on the attack. I'm sure people are going to mention some of Bernie's recent comments on what he said about Cuba and Fidel Castro. Let's get into it. This is Drop the President. Drop the President. Right. So it seems that Bernie Sanders is the horse that is leading the race right now, yeah. which is a little strange. It's kind of unexpected. I didn't think that he would be the one that's the clear front runner. But, the, you know, it's still relatively early. Things could change. I was about to say, American politics are full of surprises. Him <laughs> being the front runner now means nothing. That's true. Um, technically. It technically. Means nothing. It just yeah. means that everyone is turning their heads to attack him every single chance that they get and I'm sure they will tonight. I'd rather it be him than uh, the Bloomberg guy, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. But a lot of people are raising their concerns about, okay, if he is the pick, if he is the primary, if he's the winner, if he's the person that we're getting behind, are other people going to vote for somebody who considers himself a socialist? And he was asked some questions by Anderson Cooper uh, recently about his plans for Medicare and how, I mean, their big thing is how are you going to pay for this, right? Yeah, because he talks a big talk. He does. And they keep asking how much this is going to cost. And Pete Buttigieg brings it up a lot. Okay, this is going to cost trillions of dollars. Where are we going to get this money? Everyone who's making more than $29,000 a year is going to get taxed you know, the rear. And so Cooper says, Anderson Cooper says, you know, do you know how much this is going to cost? Do you have a price tag? And he says, "Uh, we do. You know, I mean, and the price tag (laughs) is it will be substantially less than letting the current system go. I think it's about 30 trillion. And he says, that's just for that's just Medicare for all. And he said, yes, that's just for Medicare. And he said, do you have a price tag for all of the things that you're promising? And he says, no, I don't. We try to, you know, you mentioned making public colleges and universities tuition free and canceling all student debt. That's correct. That's what I want to do. We pay for that through modest tax on Wall Street speculation. So that's a pretty broad answer. It is. I mean, he's that classic student that's running for president who's like, I'm giving everyone pizza every single day. Uh, I'm going to make Friday. Everyone's getting Fridays off. You get to leave school at noon. And everyone's like, that sounds great. And then people who don't understand how all of that is supposed to happen are like, this is the best thing ever. I want to vote for this guy. But if you can't answer simple questions like, where are you going to get this money? There are other people who are going to be raising eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then let's move on to the comments that he made about Cuba, because he was asked about that as well, and this is what he had to say. People are not happy. Healthcare totally transformed the society. We're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba. But, you know, you got, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing? Even though Fidel Castro did it? So a lot of people are upset, particularly in Florida, where there are a lot of Cuban people who live there now because they were fleeing the tyrancy, uh, the the horrible dictatorship. Conservative Cuban people. I feel like that should be noted because the overwhelming majority of Cuban people in Florida are right wing. That that is true. So if it it were uh, Donald Trump making these comments, I don't I 
You think, think there'd be a, less outrage? Yeah, I think it's fair to entertain that thought, the whataboutism of it all, if, if these comments were coming from Trump. Well, Representative Donna Shalala from uh, Florida, she's a Democrat from Florida, she asked Sanders to, quote, take time to speak to some of my conti- uh, constituents before he decides to sing the praises of a murderous tyrant like Fidel Castro. But he kind of defended himself. I mean, they they asked him about it and follow up to follow up on this. And he was like, the truth is the truth. I'm saying that, yes, he was a horrible dictator, but he did create this literacy program. And it's important that that's pointed out. Well, at least Bernie's standing by what he said. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's it's. I feel like all of all of the angles of this conversation uh, definitely deserve to be entertained. I don't necessarily agree with Bernie, but it's kind of refreshing to see him not uh, backing down from his talking point. Well, you know, a lot of people... Which he doesn't typically do. No, he doesn't. That's what people like about him, right? I mean, yeah. some people, when they say why they're voting for Bernie Sanders, they say he's consistent. He's been consistent from day one. He's always said the same thing. He's not wishy-washy. He's not like one of those many, many, many people years ago who were saying... Trump is the worst person ever and now are backing him and giving him money and all that kind of stuff. People need a little bit of truth and consistency and transparency right Especially now. Especially with, with politics, because politics can be so inconsistent, but I'm not really big on Bernie. So, I mean, all power to him. I find it interesting because the overwhelming majority of Democrats say that if uh, Bernie is the pick, they will support him. But an overwhelming majority <laughs> of the Bernie supporters are willing to throw this election if he's not the pick. And I find that just disgusting. Oh, no, yeah. So I'm trying not to make that what his constituents, I'm trying not to make that affect how I view him because I want to still look at things objectively. But they make it very, 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 very hard when I see things like that online. Bernie bros, you yeah. listen to me. Yeah. Don't screw this up, all right? Because things got messed up last time. And if he doesn't get the, if he's not the pick... Just just don't mess it up is what I'm saying. Please, for the love of God. Well, Allie, we're women, so I don't know if they're, they'll be willing to listen to us. Ugh. All right. Well, we'll let <laughs> you massage. mansplain it to us. We are the new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Okay, Shar, you've got a bell and I've got a dream, and it's oh, yes. time for News It or Lose It. Oh, yes. You ready to go? Yep. All right. Headline number one. Here are the names of the 2020 Atlantic hurricane storms. Say hello to Hurricane Nana. Nana, you said? Among others, yes. Yeah, we're going to news it. Yeah. All right. Headline number two. Hot Pockets heiress is the next in the college admissions cheating scandal spotlight. Because I already read this story this morning, we're going to lose that one. <laughs> oh, no. She's in hot water. That's all I, that's, I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> and then finally, headline number three, seniors have nearly doubled their cannabis use, according to a new study. We can news that. I feel like that's unsurprising, but we can news that. Okay. One. All right. We're newsing that. So we're going to be doing uh, two headlines here, all of the 2020 Atlantic hurricane names and seniors smoking it up. All that next. Drop the subject to new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, let's talk about hurricanes and cannabis smoking seniors. All righty. <laughs> 
So, do you are you aware of how they name hurricanes? It fascinates me. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's in alphabetical order, and it it's is. always women. It's uh, they alternate actually between male and female names. Oh, they do listed alphabetically and in chronological order, starting with A and omitting Q, U, X, Y, and Z. And why is that? Uh, I don't know. That's actually a good question because Hurricane Quinn will never happen. Hmm. Or Hurricane Zaya or something. Like those Y, X, Q, U names. I'm not really sure why those are omitted. If anyone knows, tweet us. Let us know. Or call in, maybe, and let us know yeah. why that is. Yeah, because I'm not sure. Uh, according to the National Hurricane Center, names are only given to tropical storms that have sustained winds of speeds higher than 39 miles per hour. And they just announced what the 2020 names are. And here they are in alphabetical order. I actually think there's some surprising names on here. Uh, Arthur is the first one, followed by, and I'm really excited about the. I, I know it's not good to be excited about a hurricane, but I just yeah. think this name is so perfect. Bertha. Bertha, that's a throwback name. I, But it's like Hurricane Bertha. I mean, that fits. That's a, a big, big, big throwback name. Yeah. Okay, but Bertha, okay. Oh, and, but then we move on to C, Christabel. Which oh. just seems like this hurricane is walking across the catwalk. What you know, in the world, world two in like a is tunic going... and heels? <laughs> no, Christabel makes me think of antebellum, <laughs> like Bertha does. Like what? Uh, what in the throwback name is going on? That, Christabel doesn't sound uh, forward to me. That sounds like some like 1942 or something. Yeah, uh, Dolly, Edward. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Dolly is a throwback name as well. Faye. I have an aunt named Faye. Okay, see that—that's what happens, and that's what's kind of inf- unfortunate about this is that you eventually run into someone you know, yeah. or you out- are that person. Listen, uh, one of my former bosses was named Katrina. Yeah, and so then that's a to, bummer. Yeah. Uh, let's see: Gonzalo, Hannah, oh. Isaiah, Josephine, mm. Kyle, Hurricane Kyle. That's man. boring. That is. It's a. Here. Right. That sounds boring. Uh, Laura. Boring. Yes, and a really popular name. Uh, Marco, Nana. So Hurricane Nana just hey. like shames you and guilt trips you. What is this, Medea? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. The next movie should be Hurricane Nana. Omar, Paulette, Renee, Sally, Teddy, Vicky, and finally... Wilfred, Hurricane Wilfred. Good thing Char isn't in there. I wonder if there will be a Hurricane Char sometime in my lifetime. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think eventually there would have to be because they're going to run out of names. Or if they're going to start using like really tapping into pop culture like B for Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know some of those people, like, like does Beyonce trademark her name? I'm sure she has. So you can't yeah. just use her name. Yeah. It's just like you couldn't use Hurricane Super Bowl because people own right, those words. Right, right, right. All right, let's move on to smoking seniors. I should trademark mine. You, you could. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I just got a text. Who is this from? Uh, oh, is this from the morning show producer? There are not enough names for those letters. Hurricanes Q, X, Y, and Z. So they are not able to rotate through enough names. So that's oh, why please, they, they eliminate. Can get creative. <laughs> You make up names. Yeah, okay. That's what we do in creative. video games. It's fun. All right. Seniors have nearly doubled their cannabis use, according to a new study. In the four years ending, uh, ended, uh, in the four years ended 2018, the share of seniors who acknowledged cannabis use soared 75 percent. 
That is according to a new study. This rising usage should spur clinical research on older consumers, they say, because older adults are especially vulnerable to potential adverse effects from cannabis. Uh, This is according to a survey, yeah, collected by the federal government, and they showed that the proportion of seniors reporting pot use rose from 0.4% before 2007 to 3% by 2016, which, I mean, doesn't seem that significant, but that's millions more people when you look at it. and I could understand why, like, it... uh, as you're in the sunset of your life, I could understand, you know, bones start creaking and things start making noises. You need and, it. and you start feeling things that you've never felt before. I could understand the uptick in uh, marijuana usage, honestly. Well, and you think about the fact that you're probably retired. Yeah. So you don't have a lot going on. And you're- you don't want to use big pharma. No. Let's, yeah, let's 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 get some some edibles up in here instead of shaking that pill bottle. Yeah, and you probably had your heyday in the sixties. Yeah. So then when you're in your twilight years, you're like, why don't we go back? Why you don't know? we just go back and, and just eat and just sit up here and very uh Grace and Frankie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just start your own sex toy uh, co- corporation. Yeah. That's 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 what you do in in your that's what you do in your twilight years, ladies and gentlemen. Drop the subject returns after this. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, up next. It's time for a new segment called The Local Spotlight. Char, we are going to spin the wheel of the many, many cities that we are live in, including our new friends in Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, 94.9 WOLX. We like to spotlight some stories that are happening in some of the other cities across our nation, across our lovely nation. I'm excited about this. This sounds fun. So let's spin the wheel and see what local story we'll be covering. Oh, could it be San Diego? Ooh, could it be New York? Could it be Madison? <gasps> Madison? Unbelievable. Well, we get to a local story in Seattle, Washington after this. But first, Selena Gomez. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, moving right along here on Drop the Subject with Allie and Char Giselle. And we're covering a story in Seattle because we spun the wheel. Uh, We're doing a local spotlight today on one of the many cities that we are live in. Of course, we are live in 34 different cities and counting. I think 35 now that we've got now that we're live in Madison. And uh, we landed on Seattle, so we're going to cover a story that is trending in Seattle, Washington. So, are you ready for this, Char? We're going to talk about the first cashless grocery store. I don't know if I'm a fan of this, just based off of the tease you just gave me. All right. Amazon's first big, quote, go grocery store has is opening in Seattle with 5,000 products. It's 10,400 square feet, and it does not have any cashiers, and it does not accept cash. Now, everyone knows... The self-checkout line, if you've got three, four items, is a pleasure to go through. But Mm -hmm. if you've got a cart full of groceries, I'm not going to no robot. I want a person. So is essentially, is this going to be like a a Sam's Club, Costco type situation with as big as it's supposed to be? Well, if it goes well, they're going to expand. But let's read on. Amazon's checkout-free Go concept has officially morphed into an actual supermarket. Their Go Grocery opens in Seattle today with 5,000 items for sale across their uh, 10,000-foot square, uh, square foot premises. Using a range of cameras, shelf sensors, and software, shoppers can pick up the items they want and just walk out the door. Their accounts are then charged via a smartphone app when they leave. So there are smaller installations of this, like little liquor store ones where you can just kind of walk in and grab a couple of things, like some lunch. There has not been a bigger store like this. Um, so 
that's Who's, what they're doing. They're gonna they're gonna implement this on a larger scale in the coming years. Who is going to supervise? Is my number one question. Number two is what happens when there's a glitch? Things always have potential when we're dealing with technology and electronics. Things always have potential to glitch or get hacked. Um, so what's going to happen when someone hacks the you know your Amazon account and you know or there's a glitch in the store and mm-hmm. you get double charged for the cheese that you bought or you don't get charged at all? So. And how do you return the cheese? Yeah. This is odd. I don't. I don't know if I like this. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I like human interaction. So that's my thing with it. I've gone into a couple of of uh, restaurants lately that are cashless when you uh, or a uh, you know cashierless when you go into the store. It was uh-huh. a taco shop. I walked up. I was waiting in line even though I didn't need to, and I didn't realize that I was. I could just walk up to any counter and start ordering you were waiting for someone to say hi yes and the the person was looking at me like i was an idiot so i walked up i ordered and i sat there i you know i sat and waited and then somebody just was like here and dropped off my food and i was like you know i'm all for making things a little more convenient but i would love to say just hi here's what i want to order like i know i'm not going to look you in the eye very much and i'm going to be probably on my phone while i'm doing it but still the small amount of human interaction that we still have going on, we should probably cherish. And those restaurant workers were bored as hell. I'm sure. Because they were just there to be like paid chaperones to make sure that, you know, exactly. nothing crazy happens, Ugh. I guess. All right. Let's talk about better things really quickly. Do you want to escape to sunny South Beach for Miami Beach Pride's biggest weekend festival ever, April 3rd through the 5th? Go over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter to win. It is our national flyaway contest. It's a chance to experience Miami Beach pride in style. We're going to fly you and a friend to Miami Beach, set you up in a hotel, give you two VIP weekend ta- uh, passes. You will you know, have access to the open bar. You'll get VIP passes, like I said, a champagne brunch before the parade. Enter the contest right now, WeAreChannelQ.com. And this is a free Oceanside celebration for all, presented by Celebrity Cruises. So head on over there. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Char Giselle joining us today. You have a very interesting story that I wanted to talk about, um, about a new theme park that is opening up. Yeah, so better start practicing your smiles now in case you all <laughs> in case you all missed uh Sunday night's Watch What Happens Live. You know that's Andy Cohen's show. Um on Sunday he had Tyra Banks and Eva Marcel, who is the season three winner of America's Next Top Model. They both were on. And towards the end of the show, Tyra did a countdown for a special announcement. We knew Model Land was in the works, but tickets are now on sale. Now, Model Land is a theme park for the mass. It's open to everyone. It's marketed in a way that only Tyra can market it. Um, It's located in Santa Monica, and it's 21,000 square feet. There's already a theme park in Santa Monica, isn't there? I see those little roller coasters. Is that Model Land? Listen, I don't know. I know that they've been building it. Okay, because I drive that way every day, and there are roller coasters, and there's a theme park there. Model Land, from the pictures that I've seen, it looks like it's an indoor theme park. Okay. Like, it would be like a Chuck E. Cheese Discovery Zone type thing, (laughs) like because it's got different rooms and stuff, but let me tell you about some of these prices. Now, um, there is a $56 ticket that uh, gives you posing tips, a photo shoot, and a personalized digital lookbook. Now, if you'd like a makeover before you start your smize, you have to go for the $549 $549 package. No! So the, these, the, now there's three tiers of, of pricing. So the cheapest is 56 
The next one up is $549, where it's called the Fantasine Photo Shoot. It, it offers a, a dream-worthy, this is quote-unquote, dream-worthy makeup look, couture wig, and runway fashion mm. wardrobe styling, along with snacks and a signature blood orange beverage. Man, that's N- definitely a jump up from just those like wacky caricatures that make your head look really big at yes, theme parks. Yes, I don't think they're doing any of those animations here, though. This is all about <laughs> the top model experience of yeah. photos and things like that. Now, the one that takes the cake for me is the package that is fourteen hundred dollars. What? Literally, there's a there's a, a package that's one thousand four hundred and ninety five dollars, and it's known as the Fantasine Dream Tier, which offers a pre visit consultation to customize your photo shoot look, extra wardrobe changes and photos, and a Banks curated goodie bag, Model Land robe, and secluded VIP seating. Those willing to pony up for the priciest ticket will receive additional nebulous perks including a handcrafted model land elixir whatever that might be and a custom curated row for instagram tower banks is blood literally now model land is open to all on may 1st so this is coming and those are your three packaged price packages for model land all right here's my thing with this you can't throw around a word like theme park and then basically just offer photo shoots that if is what it sounds if like. If you say theme park, I want a model themed log ride. I want the model themed Ferris wheel. Okay. I expect to see lines full of, of attractive models rather than the people that you usually see waiting well, in line at well, theme parks. She emphasized that this is not for models, this is for everyone. <laughs> Else and and it's funny that you but mentioned, everyone else wants to go to Model Land where it's just a bunch of models and you get that curated uh, Instagram row like what are we living in now Tyra this is a direct quote she said when you step into Model Land you enter a fantastical world where we celebrate your uniqueness while we help you master your angles and step up your photo game you are Model Land star and our cameras are waiting for you so it does sound like that this is one giant uh, photo shoot it's a plug for her and her show. Well, yeah, well, the show, they're going to round it out. She wants to reboot America's Next Top Model for one last season because they, they ended at 24 seasons. And, you know, you want to end on 25. Yeah, you got to do a nice round number there. But, yeah, so you can have your photo shoots there for $56, $549, or $1,500. What a jump. Are you going to do it? No, I will not be there. And <laughs> unless, you know, if Channel Q wants to send me for an exclusive, you know, I can report back. But Char will not be uh, spending her hard-earned money on Model Land. This doesn't appeal to me. No. I feel like this isn't, I'm not her demographic for this. I, I don't think, then I don't think either of us are. And I feel I like this is more not. so touristy. I don't feel like a lot of L.A.-based people are going to go uh, uh, visit this. You never know. They always mm. want to be photographed. I don't know, Allie. You know? All right, we're going to get into Just the Tip Tuesday next. All the ways that restaurants are scamming you, including including not putting dollar signs in front of their prices. All that and more next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Char Giselle today on this fine Tuesday. About to get into Just the Tip Tuesday, but wanted to let you know that in about a half an hour, we're going to talk to Jamie Kelton and Robin Hopkins. They are the hosts behind the podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk, which is one of the best titles I've ever heard. And they also just co-authored a new book based on the podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. I know I have many of my own personal questions about that, but just a fascinating lady to talk to. So that'll be at the top of the next hour. But right now, 
We're going to talk about restaurants and how they're scamming you. Because for just the Tip Tuesday, we always like to share tips, tricks, life hacks, anything that's going to make your life just a little bit easier because... The struggle's real, right? It, no, it is, especially when it comes to restaurants. And, of course, when you're living in a big city like you know Los Angeles or in Seattle, San Francisco, New York, a lot of the big cities that you know we're live on, they have to deal with this crap every single day. And you know you run into places that are like gastropubs, and you realize that you know if you have some roasted brussels sprouts with bank- bacon sprinkled on them you can now order that for like 13 bucks yeah. and you can run up quite a tap yeah but it turns out that there is some science behind all of this there are marketing tactics and sales tactics that they are using successfully on us every single day so without further ado here are some of the many ways that restaurants are scamming you this is to help you out in this little thing called life number 1 They use ridiculous adjectives when describing foods that make you want them even when you didn't want them in the first place. So it says, if you look at the words on a menu, ice cream will always say sweet and creamy. Buffalo wings will say tender, juicy, and drenched in a delicious tangy sauce, and so on and so forth. Of course, you order them and then they come out and you're like, ugh. Yeah, and I've seen this like jokes on Twitter, like when people make a PB&J sandwich, they're like, you know, roasted peanut butter, you know, with strawberry puree. With juicy, tangy strawberry rasp. And then sometimes they'll use crappy like other words instead of jam. It'll be like a coolie. Yes, yes. And instead of mayonnaise, it's aioli. Yep. So they'll use. We see it happen all the time. Yeah, they use all that stuff, and we go, "Ooh, a, a, a interesting, a chipotle aioli." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, it's actually mayonnaise," and we just squirted some sriracha into it. Yeah. Um, all right. They don't use dollar signs. That's another thing. If you I don't uh, think go to that, would throw me off. Yeah, you know, it doesn't so much for me either, but I notice it on wine lists more than anything. Yes, me too. Where you're like, oh, just 72 I can make up in my head what that is. Oh, it's $72 for a bottle that was actually $10 at Albertsons. Yeah, cool. yeah. That doesn't, the dollar sign missing doesn't bother me because I always factor in, you know it's dollars. I feel like you inherently know it's dollars. You're not, you know it's not going to be 72 cents. Yeah, and you know <laughs> what else they do is they'll cut off the zero. At some of these fancy places. So instead of like $7.50, it'll just be 7.5. Now, see, that I I understand is a psychological trick. Yeah. Because when you see the zeros, it it makes you, I feel like it just makes you feel... Like there's more numbers in front of you, so you're spending more. Yeah, it puts more weight on it. All right. And again, with the number trickery, number three... uh, they will. A lot of people know about this one. Instead of saying a ten dollar meal, they'll use nine ninety nine because it makes the same thing seem like a bit of a bargain. We see that with Amazon, where it's like nine ninety nine plus shipping. Ill, but then if it's like eleven dollars <laughs> free shipping, and you're yes! like, yay! Yeah. That's a great point. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> they use family titles to entice customers, so they do this at like Buca de Beppo, right? Those kind of family style restaurants yeah. where they're like, uh, you know, Ma and Pa dine you know, grandma's roasted mashed potatoes and stuff like grandma's homemade chocolate chip cookies. So it seems like it's from a family. That doesn't affect me. No? No. You see right through it? Yep. (laughs) Uh, All right, one more, and then we will take a break and get back to the other half of this list. They use, and I don't know if this is even said correctly, but it says they use ethnic terms to make dishes seem more authentic. I don't know if ethnic Hmm. is the word, but I think they use uh, location-specific Words. So basically, it'll say instead of shrimp spaghetti, it'll be like shrimp scampi cagliatelle. 
Yeah, okay. So they'll use kind of the authentic language in order to make it sound a little more enticing, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, the truth is, it says tagliatelle is actually just an Italian word for noodles. <laughs> so there's really nothing fancy but about I, it. We've seen this with chai tea, because I heard that chai means tea. <laughs> Like by really? definition, yeah. Chai, uh, so it's saying that you would like a tea tea. It's, it's a, it's saying it twice. But when you hear Oprah's chai latte or Oprah's chai tea, it's like oh, well, come as, on Starbucks, get step up your lexicon. Exactly. But as a lesbian, I would like a tea tea. Yeah. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ooh, we're getting heated off the air here on Drop the Subject with Allie and Char Giselle talking about some of the many ways that restaurants scam you. And Char, you got scammed by the waitress because of the way that she explained mm-hmm. what and this was. Is, I find that this is common. Yeah, in LA, like you have to pay attention to the verbiage when you're ordering things because mm-hmm. people just casually offer you things, and you don't you if you're not savvy enough to catch it. Because now I always say, "How much extra is that?" Right, but then do you do you feel? Like, do you feel if you say that that you sound cheap or something, or do you have, no? You I, don't care. I honestly don't care. Okay. Because I mean, who am I trying to impress? No. I would like to know the price difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about imp- impressing my waitress. You're still going to get a tip, but I don't. I don't care about asking what the price difference is. But I'm savvy enough now because I've been tricked so many times. Mm-hmm. Well, so what I happened? Ask. She said, "Would you like fries with that?" And you thought that it was included. Yes, I went to a burger, a gourmet burger place, and like the meal only included the burger and the drink but I, I was just explaining to Allie and Jesse that we're conditioned to when you go to a burger place and get a meal that fries or a salad or something uh, is going to come along with it and so I said yeah let me get the fries but the fries were like an upcharge of like six dollars and six dollars for fries but is... it's it's so common because if you notice now when you go out to eat um, they'll give you chips like Kitchen 24 is one of my favorite restaurants uh-huh. but they serve you like housemade chips instead of the fries and the fries are like an extra three dollars uh-huh. if you want to replace it, but that makes no sense to me because a potato is a potato. Mm-hmm. If you can make those chips, why can't you give me French fries? It's just circle or line. Those Literally. are the two different shapes. Literally. Yeah. But you got to pay attention to the way that they word things because people will, you will look at that bill and be like, wait, what? Exactly. And then you're asking questions later. So let's move along this list. There's a lot to get to. Shar, uh, you're going to tell us about what they do with brand names to create product associations and make us suckers. Right. So they use brand names like, for example, there is one chain restaurant who I will not say but they have like Jack Daniels barbecue sauce uh-huh. things that you know may maybe ring a bell that yeah. that make you or, or or will entice you like hmm, I wonder what Jack Daniels barbecue sauce tastes like you know you're like ooh whiskey I like whiskey mm-hmm. in my barbecue sauce I'm gonna be a little frisky even yeah. though you probably don't even like Jack Daniels and you're somehow getting sucked in yeah because it makes it sound inherently like more exotic right to have Jack Daniels barbecue sauce uh, there's another tactic where they use anchor items and this this is fascinating so an anchor item is an item that they put on the menu that is ridiculously expensive. They don't really expect people to get it. They just use it as a tactic and place things that they really want you to buy around the anchor item. So, for really? example, if they have a $30 steak on the menu, and you're like, mm, I don't want to spend 30 bucks on a steak, but it's right next to a giant picture of a $50 steak, somehow you're like, oh, well, that one's only 30 bucks. I guess I'll get that one. Oh. So they're putting that anchor item there. I'm going to have to keep an eye peeled for things like that. I never even factored in an anchor item. Yeah. 
There's uh, there's a restaurant that I go to where they have a giant. They have one of their big like anchor items is a, an entire pig. It's like a whole hog, and they're like, "You want this whole hog? It's like 150 bucks, and it takes four hours for us to make it." And I'm like, "Well, no, no one's gonna get that. That's ridiculous." And then you're like, "Ooh, ribs!" I feel like I might have seen this with alcohol, with <laughs> alcoholic beverages, like with certain cocktails. Yeah. You're like a bucket of something. Yeah. So the next one, they highlight certain items to make them seem special, like mid-range to low-end restaurants uh, allegedly do this constantly. You'll look at the menu and you'll see pictures of particularly tantalizing looking items um they'll have like chef specials that are listed separate from other dishes you know things like that they'll have like uh sometimes the like these are their favorite like the restaurant favorites yep. or like here are the ones that are the most popular to, for the customers they make it seem like everyone orders this and this is the most popular thing we have on the menu and it's really their favorite thing for you to order because it's the biggest markup or something. Exactly. And this is a ploy to get you to think with your eyes and not your wallet, folks. Yeah. All right. Here's one more. And this is a really interesting one. It's a little difficult to explain. It's the second item market markup. So according to Urban Spoon, restaurants will intentionally mark up the second least expensive wine. (laughs) So if you are buying house Chardonnay and it's $9 a glass, but you want to go one up than that, they hugely mark up, so they'll give you just as crappy of a second glass, but they'll mark that one up like three more dollars. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get like, you're like, oh, I don't want to get the cheapest one, but I want to be kind of cheap, so I'll get the second one. And that's the one that they make the most money on. I feel like I see this a lot during happy hour menus. Yeah, yeah, there it is. I love a good happy hour. Uh, there are a lot more on this list, so we'll tweet out uh, all the ways that restaurants are scamming the crap out of you. Um, more Drop the Subject is up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Shar Giselle, and we're moving away from restaurants scamming you to uh, the President of the United States, who's scamming people left and right. The subject been scamming. Been scamming and continues to scam. <laughs> and he has been in India this week. He, A lot of people are going, man, I've never seen this guy eat a vegetable in my life. So how is he going to survive in India where most people there are vegetarian? And he loves beef and isn't the cow sacred over there? Yep, exactly. So, And he's been traveling around, uh, you know, making all kinds of mispronunciations. He, of course, saw the Taj Mahal. He said it was beautiful. Uh, but let's go to some of the words that he spoke in, in uh, Ahmedabad, which is where he was he was speaking at the opening of a cricket sta- uh, a cricket stadium. Uh, let's get into some of the things that are being said. This is Trump around. Now, I don't claim to know everything about pronunciation of Indian people and Indian cricket players. I'm not going to say I'm an expert and like, oh, I I know how to pronounce that cricket player's name and whatnot. But I do think it's important that the president of the United States does a little bit of homework before speaking. This is just, this is, first of all, we'll start with how he pronounced the name of the city, Ahmedabad in India. America loves India. America respects India. And America will always be faithful and loyal friends to the Indian people. Five months ago, the United States welcomed your great Prime Minister. And today, India welcomes us at the world's largest cricket stadium right here in Ahmedabad. (laughs) I'm a bad speaker. Thoughts? 
I can't get over the hooping and hollering from these brown folks. Like, I, do y'all not realize what's on the line? Like, y'all are celebrating this. It's it's, it's really it's infuriating, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, look at the bigger picture. But in fairness, what I will say, well, this actually is not in fairness. Listening to his... <laughs> Listening to his enunciation of certain words is literally making me think of that one scene in Bridesmaids at the at the reception, not the reception when they were. Um, you've seen Bridesmaids, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember which which when one you're Kristen Wiig and the other woman, the new best friend, were arguing over the mic and they were speaking in Spanish. Oh, and she's like azul. Yes, yes, Ela. yes. yes. <laughs> So this is what saying, this is reminding me you know, of. Biblioteca. Yes. Yeah, it's just yes. like saying whatever you feel like you can yes. pronounce. It's the great religious teacher, Swami Vive Kamunund, once yeah. said. You're so right about the bridesmaids thing. This is the country where your people cheer on some of the world's greatest cricket players. Yep. From Suchin Tendulkar to Virat Kohli. So... I, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I know that's not right. Bridesmaids. That's all I hear. Yeah. And Azul. They love Biblioteca. Yes, 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 yes. Mi amigos. This is embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. On all and it's like, just just do a little bit of homework. Just go over a pronunciation sheet. I'm sure there's plenty of people there that know how to pronounce it properly that can oh, tell he, you how. He probably, his ego won't allow him to do homework because, you know, he's mm. a stable genius, according to him. That is true. And and what you're not seeing, because this is a radio, this is audio medium, obviously, there are people that are flooding out of the cricket stadium. Oh, really? Yes. So they think that by the time he was done speaking, there were about a third of the people Can in we the blame stadium. Them? That, no. I mean, they're probably like, what are you calling our city? Yeah. Excuse me? What? Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, and then, of course, just before we go, I need to say that um, there have been some recent changes in the citizenship laws in India, and it's gotten a lot of people very upset. There's protesting going on, and uh, basically the change in so many words is that, yes, you can come to this country if you're fleeing your country because you know you're a fear of persecution and things like that unless you're Muslim and wow. that has been a big big thing when I was in India people were protesting and in New Delhi they continue to protest I believe there's a fire at a mosque right now and it's just worsened since the president arrived so I definitely want to highlight that because it's really important and it's something that we are also dealing with bans and things like that here and, in, and in the United people States. being um, what's the word Muslim phobia yeah. Yeah, like people are still horrible over here towards the, the Muslim community as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, all right, we get to other things next. Uh, oh, our interview with uh, people behind the podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk. That's next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, we're here on Drop the Subject. I'm Allie. I'm here with Shar Giselle, who's guest hosting today. And we have on the phone uh, two lesbians who are much more successful than I. Uh, a woman by the name of Robin Hopkins and another by the name of Jamie Kelton. They are the hosts of If These Ovaries Could Talk, the podcast, which is now turned into a book. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, thanks for having us. Now, Hi, t- thank you so much. Oh, yes, we're happy to have you. Will you please just, just tell us a little bit about the podcast and uh, how it got started and, and what you cover on If These Ovaries Could Talk? Sure. Um, Basically, Jamie had some unexplained infertility. I always have to say this. We're not a couple. We're lesbians, but we each are moms, but we're not together. Okay, that was a question for us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're just friends. We are definitely not a couple. We can never answer that question fast enough. Okay, yeah. What what, what is with the extremely fast answer? (laughs) The extremely fast answer is that we are business partners, and I'm sure, as you can imagine, with business partners, you don't necessarily want to date. Right, Jamie? (laughs) Yeah. 
Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Mm. You're already <laughs> defying stereotypes in the lesbian community by not sleeping together. I hope you realize that. <laughs> Well, we have a, a big group of friends, many of whom have slept together. I think Robin has slept with a couple of the ones that are closer to me. I mean, I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. So. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. There we go. Whoa. There we go. And it's full circle. Okay, so tell us was, about the podcast. Yeah, but that was very far in the past because now we're moms and we have no lives. So go ahead, Robin. Explain the podcast. So so Jamie was having trouble conceiving, and then she came. She basically was looking around and couldn't find any podcast that addressed LGBTQ fertility and how we make our families so we she, we were at this gay picnic that we go to every year with our families and she was like hey robin do you want to do a podcast with me and she didn't realize that i was like an insane person who you know who does 800 google docs and we met a week later and next thing you know we had a podcast yes i'm looking at your uh, at all the things that you do for your day job i mean executive producer of amy schumer presents three girls one keith but you're also a stand-up comic you're also a writer you're an actor you're a producer so yeah both of you have your hands in all kinds of different things jamie does voiceover so what are some of the common questions that you get from people when it comes to starting an LGBT family? I would say the biggest questions are like, how to do it. We get emails from people all the time who are like, you know, I'm, I'm in Iowa or I'm wherever and I had no idea how to start a family. And so we have this thing we call um, LGBTQ drafting where you just do what the people in front of you did. <laughs> so if your lesbian friend had a baby, then that's what you do. But if, you know, if, if she had a baby like, you, you know, using... Um, a sperm donor, then you're like, oh, what bank did you use? And then you just follow it. So we get a lot of people who just need to know how to do it in all the different ways. Yeah, we also get a lot of people just writing in and, and saying, you know, thank you so much for, for highlighting these families. I just never saw myself mirrored out there in society. Um, so people just appreciate hearing stories like ours. And that's the whole reason why we even started this podcast, because it just it wasn't out there. And I couldn't believe I knew. I mean, we knew so many moms who are gay families and um, our stories weren't told. Our stories weren't out there. My wife and I have actually been talking about having kids in the next year. And so we st we've we started talking. We actually, I'm going to pick up your book and listen to the podcast just for yeah, my own. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. But one question that we've had tense conversations about is what to call ourselves. Did both of you decide, okay, one's going to be mom, the other's going to be mommy, We're gonna, or we're going to let the kid decide and, and call us whatever we want. What did you guys do, and do you have any advice for me? <laughs> uh, that's so funny you ask that, because it really is a conversation I think all of us have across the board when we're pregnant or when we're trying. Um, me and my wife, personally, we decided what they were going to call us. I chose mama, and she chose mommy, which will later be shortened to mom. Um, I think, Robin, you did something similar. Yeah, well, I had the babies, so we used my eggs, and so I think, and I think the idea was that then Mary, my wife, she got the last name, and she got um, to be called mommy. So I'm mom, although my kids call me mama more than anything. And also, we have you know the, the myriad of people that we've uh, interviewed. Some people make some people names up, make names up. Some people like if you're if you're if you speak different languages, you use mom in the different language yeah, according to that. you know that your culture. Sense. And then also some people say, let's let the kid decide. Um, like we have, I have our closest friends, their daughter calls them mom, mom, mom Toby. 
know. So. <laughs> I've seen that as far as like with different cultures and different languages. This is this whole conversation is making me think of one of my favorite shows that was on Freeform named The Fosters. Oh yeah, uh, my wife loves. Oh yeah, that show. Love oh it's that so show. good. It is so good, yeah. but it, it does have the same nuances. I guess whatever works for whichever individual family is what ter- determines the name. Yeah, and just I know we only have a, a minute left here, um, but I just wanted to ask for my own perspective since I'm looking for sperm. Do you have any free sperm? (laughs) (laughs) Sperm is expensive. No, it's, you know what we talk about on the podcast a lot too. We've kind of coined a term here because the the search for sperm and the search for your donor is, it can get so complicated and it turns into what we call the search for Superman. And if you can get it free, that's even better. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, All right. Well, if these ovaries could talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family, uh, where can people buy the book? And then we can tell them where to follow you guys. Well, the book's not out until um, May 19th, so they can get ready to buy the book. In the meantime, follow us on all our social handles so that they can, they'll be alerted with our dumb videos as to when the book comes out. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So that's at ovariestalk.com at ovaries underscore talk on Instagram and at ovaries talk on Twitter. Uh, Jamie and Robin, it's been a pleasure. And if you do come across free sperm, let me know. (laughs) You will be the first to know. We'll send it your way. Okay, great. (laughs) Take care. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject. And it's time to give you a little preview of what's to come this evening. I'm Allie. I'm here with Char Giselle all show long. You can follow Char at Char Says So. Lots of great stuff there. You're an active tweeter. I appreciate that. Yes, I love Twitter. Yeah. I appreciate Twitter. I do more too. Than Instagram. Me, me too. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's break it down. What's going to happen tonight? This is Drop the President. Drop the President. All right. Well, we've got a fair showing tonight. The only. A candidate that will not be on the stage tonight that is still technically in the race is Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, she has not dropped out. I know She's it's strange. Around. She's still around. Oh. Andrew Yang has dropped out and got more support in Nevada than Tulsi Gabbard did. So that's just, Ew. I don't know why she hasn't dropped out. I think it just adds to the theory that she's a Russian asset. But anyway, I digress. And I saw someone in a club a few weeks, well, a few months ago with the Tulsi hat on. I was like, no, it's a Friday night in the club. He did. He had a Tulsi hat on. No. What? So who was it? Who did it look, what did it look I don't, like? I don't know. It was some white guy. Oh, OK. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I needed to a, know. <laughs> like, a, really? I, had, I did a double take. At first, I thought it said Tulsa, like he was repping for Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And no, it was Tulsi. I am amazed that she had enough campaign funds to make hats. Yeah, well, she's out there. I didn't know that she was still a part of this race, though. It's so hard to keep up with, especially when you're not, you know, one of the people who we're constantly talking about in our faces. Absolutely. So here's who you're going to see on the stage tonight at South Carolina Debates. This is the 10th debate. And uh, it's on, let me see here. It's so hard to keep these straight, isn't it? Uh, This one is on, I believe... Oh, like what network it's yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of looking through this. It's uh, I oh, it's on CBS. CBS Evening News anchor Nora O'Donnell will be moderating along with Gail King, and Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan, uh, CBS Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett, and 60 Minutes Correspondent Bill Whitaker will moderate tonight. And on the stage, you will see Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar. 
Michael Bloomberg is back. And then who did qualify for tonight's debate? Well, Tom Steyer, who we haven't seen in a while. We did see him last year towards the end of the year on the stage of the Atlanta debate. And he did an okay job. It was just kind of a meh showing for him. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes with a little more bite to him tonight. And, you know, he now stands as not the only billionaire on the stage. Bloomberg will have Tom Steyer next to him. It's the battle of the billionaires. And Steyer was at the debate prior to the one that happened last week. So he was at so he's been on two debate stages? Yeah, he was at the one prior. Remember Jesse, we watched a debate where he was there in the conference room. Well, Jesse doesn't <laughs> Jesse's remember. just like shrug. Jesse doesn't remember, but we watched. I know it was, he was at least one of them. Yeah, it was me, Ryan, Jarrett, and Jesse in the conference room of this building, <gasps> and we watched the debate. Mm. But um, I do want to also note that this will be on CBS, but it will also be on BET tonight's debate. Oh, nice! And the following streaming services will also uh, carry it as well. Fubo TV, which I've never heard of, <laughs> Hulu will be streaming it if you have the live TV free trial. AT&T, TV Now, Sling, and YouTube TV. So, as I panicked, you know CBS is one of those networks where you it have is. to have their subscription service. They do that all-access access. crap, yeah. But it's accessible. on. It'll be on YouTube TV and, like I said, all those others, including BET. So that's nice to know. Well, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Joe Biden makes any kind of a splash at the debate tonight because he's very, very confident about how he's going to do in, in South Carolina. He Especially been, amongst the black folk. Yes, yeah. he's been kind of banking on it like even when he's not doing well in some of these other states like New Hampshire and I think in New Hampshire he even expected to do better than he did he left early remember yeah I was even he He left New Hampshire for he was like okay all right bye forget it (laughs) so he's really putting all his eggs in the South Carolina basket and it's it's kind of sad to have to admit this but he has already accidentally told the South Carolina crowds that he's running for United State Senate instead of for the presidency yeah Yeah, I didn't have time to pull this clip, but he said, you're the ones who sent Barack Obama the presidency, and I have a simple proposition here. I'm asking for your help. Where I come from, you don't go very far unless you ask. My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other Biden. Give me a look, though, okay? So, oh, Joe. Yeah. This is not a good look. Well, he's just getting, you know, he's this is just not a, a little too look. geriatric for me. Like, like, but like uh, Sanders, yes, he's really old and I'm not and a huge fan of attack. his. Yeah, and he had that heart attack. But when you see Joe Biden speak, you're aware that he's a senior citizen. No malarkey. Yeah. And uh, he has those kind of weird cockamamie stories where yeah. he just kind of mm-hmm. veers off into a different direction. Yeah. And then, you know, you go in front of all your supporters that you're really, really hoping are going to vote for you and you tell everyone that you're running for Senate. <laughs> and you drop the ball. And you drop the ball, Biden. Very, very sad. Well, uh, we will give you all the debate highlights tomorrow and if Biden said anything uh, story time worthy we'll give you another story time with Joe Biden but next it's Shar's turn for news that or lose it drop the subject the new channel Q drop the subject presents news it or lose it you ready to go Shar? I am. I'm trying to decide what journalist I'm going to be today. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm just going to say Shar King, a nod to Gail King. She'll be doing the debate tonight, and Gail has had a trying, you know, month 
Yes, lately, she so. has. Yeah, that Kobe Bryant thing was yes. a really tough time. Miss Gail, this one is for you. So, Aww. first story. Half of women say their sex life is distressing, a new study finds. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm in news it. Religious mom exposed as sexual predator who has <gasps> harassed victims online. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know why, but I really oh, want to learn more about that. And then I'm torn because I have two and I can I know I can only choose one. So I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Cambodian sisters who thought the other was dead reunite after 47 years. <gasps> this is such a female forward news at Char. So I'm going to have to give you a three for three. All righty, girl. Praise on the inclusion. The, <laughs> ah. the number of the day is three. So that's the number. Yes, 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 that's the number. Yes, Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, we have only a few minutes to get through a lot of stories. I know, so I'm just going to jump right into this. So, go, go, Miss uh, King. <laughs> For a surprising number of women, sex is anything but healing. Now, a little more than half of the young women surveyed. This is this happened in Australia, a, a, a sex related study. Um, it finds that women all most of them experience some type of personal distress of some kind. And this is according to the fertility and sterility journal. Oh, the sterility journal. I know it well. So distress for the women could mean any kind of emotional displeasure from unhappiness to stress to embarrassment. Uh, for pro Professor Susan Davis, uh, they researched the well-being of 7,000 women ranging between the ages of 18 and 39 and discovered that one in five has had at least one female sexual dysfunction a finding that left her, quote, very concerned. Wow. Now, the most common uh, female sexual dysfunction was low self-image with arousal-related dysfunctions, desire, orgasm, and responsiveness also being quite frequent. Well, I mean, this is obvious news. Yeah. You know, but I think that it's a wonderful that a woman named Susan is leading the sexual female studies. I mean, leave it to Susan. Am leave I right? It, leave it to Susan. My name is not Susan. Shout out to Whitney. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like this is a common thing because a lot of it uh, bounces back to like self-image and weight and insecurity. Well, yeah, because... They're showing I, up in the bedroom. I, I, I've known lots of women, and my, admittedly myself included, who it's like, no, I'm not really feeling, I don't feel cute. I don't feel yeah, good. Yeah, dim so, the lights. Yeah, so I'm just going <laughs> to, let's just, yeah, darkness, complete, obliv uh, uh, like obsidian darkness. Yeah. Or I don't, you know, you're, you're thinking about it while you're doing it, and yeah. then that takes you out of it. And it can affect your performance and yes, how you feel. exactly. The next story, her name is Selena Sharifi. She's 37 years old, and she uh, used a fake Facebook account to troll one of her victims. She's been labeled as a sexual predator. Um, she so she's one of, not one of the women who's having no, 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 no. But this is, this is predatory. She abused two youngsters oh, when no. she... Um, um, during a game that she came up, uh, that she titled Princes and Princesses. Oh. 
I can only imagine what uh, that entailed. No. But uh, jurors found the that she's guilty and she will be jailed for 20 months. 20 months? That's it? Yeah, 20 months. I should note that this happened in England. So uh-huh. I don't know how their justice system works with things like this, if they're going to be more lenient yeah. than we inherently would be. But you know that oftentimes our justice system, even over here across the pond, mm. is a bit flawed. It, that is true. It's just always really, really interesting when it's a woman. Yeah, and then the fact, so that she's, the fact that she's trolling her victims, I feel like she deserves way more than 20 months. Yeah, it's like you obviously have no regard for how the other person feels if you're doing that. Yeah, and then this final two this final story is about two sisters in Cambodia. This really tugged at my heartstrings cuz it reminded me of Alice Walker's The Color Purple. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie of starring Oprah and Whoopi back in the day. Absolutely, I've seen it many times. And how they reunited, but these two sisters uh thought that each other were dead um after I don't want to mispronounce anyone's name and <laughs> I know, not not After on a day Trump. like today. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that there was a reign of terror that happened in the 1970s. Uh, Khmer Rouge? I think that's all right, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so the sisters ended up getting separated and they found each other recently and just Im- immediately burst out into tears. The article, this is according to the BBC, um, there was a Cambodian children's fund which had been supporting... Uh, one of the sisters, these are adult women, by the way, because it's been 74 years since 2004, and they helped arrange the visit. One of the sisters is 101 years old. The other is 92. What? And they are still alive and just found each other. Like, I'm about, I'm getting emotional actually even reporting this because I have two sisters, and the thought of them disappearing or one of them disappearing or both of them disappearing and me not crossing paths with them again until I'm 101 mm. and they're 92, it just, ugh. They just were robbed of so many shared experiences that they could have had. I know. Well, I'm really glad that they found each other again. It must have, I mean, at 101 and 92 years old, it must have taken them a while to hug. Yeah, I'd be inseparable. (laughs) I wouldn't want you to leave my sight. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Well, speaking of happy endings, those are up next right here on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. It's that time, Char. It is that time. It's that time to say goodbye. So long. Farewell to you, my friend. I know. Thank you for hanging out with us today. And if you missed anything, we talked about Tyra Banks' new theme park, Model Land. Are you going to be going? We also talked about a new romance app that I downloaded for me and my wife. Did not go well. We talked about clean plate shaming because that's happening to a family where they left the restaurant a complete mess and were getting shamed on Facebook left and right. We did a real estate, drop the president, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So if you missed anything, definitely download the podcast. You can catch up on everything. Just download Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast, and you can subscribe, follow, and leave us a review. And you can always follow Char at Char Says So, and you can follow the show at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, and now it is time for some happy endings. There are things that we talk about that are a little bit of a bummer, and so it's nice to finish up the show on a positive note by taking one of those things and making it a little bit more happy times. Do you have a, a happy ending, Char? Yeah, so mine is for Tyra Banks's Model Land. Okay. Sure, you might be spending $1,500 to get the, uh, the I guess, the, the, the grand prize package. 
where but, you're getting the photo shoots and the yes. model lookbook and all that crap. But the upside is you can take that money and repurpose it into literally anything else. You could actually have a photo shoot and do a lookbook and have professional hair and makeup for a fraction of that cost <laughs> and use the rest. To and help somebody else build their portfolio, Ooh, right? Literally. You mm-hmm. could get two, the price of two for one for $1,500 if you, if you really know how to shop for what you're looking for. So Tyra, my only concern, this is off script, but my only concern is this may be the, the grand <laughs> opening and the grand closing. That's my happy ending. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I think that for $1,400, you could go to 15, Disney. Because it's $1,495. Okay. $1,500. They did that restaurant scam thing. Yes, yes. You can literally go to Disneyland like... Ten, almost ten, like what? For like a week at least. Six Flags. There's so much more you can Universal do with your Studios. Those are real theme parks, Tyra. Yeah. All right. Do you have a happy ending, Jesse? Oh, he doesn't have one. Interesting. Well, then I will move on to my happy ending. Here it is. You may not be able to talk to cashiers anymore because all of them are being replaced by robots thanks to Amazon. But at least... You won't have to get those shaming looks from cashiers when they ask you if you want to donate to the Red Cross. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's like a Walgreens thing. Yeah, where they're like, do you want to donate to help some veterans? And I'm like, ugh. And then I just go, not today. That's my that's my sidestep because I'm like, no, no, no. You see, I already did it yesterday. Yeah. So just not today. Yeah. Um. Anyone who is uh, sticking around here on Channel Q, we've got some music for you, and then let's go there. And then tonight is Debate Night in Late Night. If you miss the voice of Jarrett Hill, he will be covering the debates. The debates are at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, he will be on the air to recap all the things that happened at the South Carolina debate. We will see you tomorrow for another live show. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.